0: Toes, baby. you think a little too small I got big goals, baby hey, where the money at? look I What's going on everybody it's a free agency
1: primer here on the Jack to Ramsey's podcast i have got Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report but more importantly he also has a new book out Built to Lose how the NBA's tanking era changed the league Forever available wherever books are sold. Jake, we are at 1149, 10 minutes before tip-off here for free agency for you on the East Coast, and everybody's kind of wondering grand scheme was going to happen in the NBA, but here in Portland we're focused on really one name and one name only and let, let all the dominoes fall where they may. And that one name is a young, unrestricted free agent in Norman Powell. Uh, what are you hearing going into uh, free agency into day one. Are we expected to hear from Norm and his camp earlier? They're going to ride this out three year, four year back in Portland, not here. What's, what's the overall feel so far?
2: Yeah, I, I think you know, the numbers that I've heard around Norm right now are definitely a three year structure. Um, something between three and uh, three, three years between 50 and 60. That's, that's the word on the street. Um, you know, you do hear the, the, that, you know, that Detroit is, it's kind of waiting in the wings to make an offer. If Portland. Uh, and Norm don't come to terms here. I think New Orleans is also a potential suitor as well. And, yeah, Norm Powell is clearly an important factor in this offseason, being that he is the number one ship that Portland has to bring back in order to you know, continue building a roster uh, around Damian Lillard that could obviously you know be have some more firepower and be
1: competitive in the Western Conference next season. So, yes, I think – think that's a very important situation to keep an eye on that's the the first domino that really needs to fall is this something you expect to be kind of announced earlier do you think that norm maybe tries to in his camp try to see the best available option and just kind of maybe get the full free agency experience i think the full free agency
2: experience is certainly possible here especially that you know it's been communicated to me that Powell is a player who views himself as a second or third option on a team. And in Portland, that that really wasn't the case, right? He kind of shifted towards being you know a fourth, a fifth option sometimes offensively. Uh, so maybe maybe that's an opportunity presents itself in Detroit or in New Orleans or something like that, or or a sneaky team like New York. I mean, Tom Thibodeau was long, you know, mentioned as someone yeah. who loved now that at the trade deadline, right? So I think it's certainly. I mean, he and Norman Powell also, you know, had twelve teams that were calling about him back at the deadline, right? So it was
1: a busy deadline for Norman Powell. There's no doubt about that. Exactly. So that would seem to
2: indicate, you know, a long list of people also willing to to give him money right now. So I,
1: you're right. It's it's going to be complicated. When you're looking at this, does the current edition of C.J. McCollum being on the roster is that is that a hurdle that the Blazers can realistically overcome? and and run it back with Dame, CJ and Norm all in the lineup together for, for the season. I'm sure. I think it definitely does work. I mean, when when it was communicated to me that when Portland made that trade, they
2: viewed Norm as someone who could guard threes in a lineup with Dame and CJ on the floor. And they were hoping that he would and do it well and do it for a long time. And it definitely seems to be um, their goal. Um, But, you know, everyone's got a number that at a certain point their team will not match. Yeah. And even if, even if they are unrestricted, um, I mean, we look at Lonzo with New Orleans right now in Chicago I and mean, the Norm Powell situation is very similar. I think, um, you know, Duncan Robinson with Miami could be a similar case. So it, it's not a, it's not a situation that's, that's unique to Norman Powell in Portland. So, so, I mean, that just goes to show that, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a situation
1: that a lot of teams and players are, are facing and it's possible it could go either way. Okay, so that's obviously the big domino that's gonna fall for Portland. But they don't have Zach Collins. They don't even have the option to match him because they didn't opt to, to pick his up as option because yeah. he's been injured. Their their current depth right now is Dame CJ, uh, Covington Nurkic, uh, Simons Little Ellaby, and Derek Jones Jr. That is the current under contract crop of players the Portland Trailblazers currently have. The hope is to bring Norman Powell back, but beyond that, they still have additional legwork to do. What are you hearing as far as Portland is concerned as far as front court options? Uh, Obviously, there's guys like Bobby Portis who sound like they're returning back to Milwaukee. New Orleans Noel may go out. New York may be interested in keeping him. Is there anybody front court wise that you're hearing linked to Portland that we either hear early or is Portland going to have to wait for everybody else to kind of figure out where they're going to end up and then hope to swoop in?
2: Yeah, the big man market is pretty centered on Toronto, Dallas, San Antonio, New York right now. I have not heard Portland really there at all. Um, the one thing I've heard about Portland in terms of the non backcourt guys is Derek Jones seems to be available via trade. Um, I don't want to say that, you know, too loudly. I've only heard it a little bit. I don't think he's actively being shocked by any stretch, but obviously that, that situation didn't work out great um, this year. I don't, I don't think it was, but I think everyone involved would admit that was not a perfect marriage. Um, and, and, and maybe Derek was a little bit overqualified to be, you know, a starter on a team that's got real, you know, aspirations to go deep in the playoffs. So I think it only makes sense that his name would be open to, to exploratory talks for sure.
1: When you're talking about guys that are looking for the MLE, like an Otto Porter Jr., that market may have softened up for them. How many guys do you expect that were looking at MLE or TP MLE money to kind of go down a few brackets just because of the way the market's materializing?
2: It's, I mean, it's certainly possible. I think this year more than ever, it seems like the market is going to really be, you know, a domino effect type situation. Once Kyle Lowry moves off the board, the point guards are going to be the ones that fly first. So it's it's the Lonzo, Lowry, Dennis Schroeder, Spencer Dinwiddie dynamic. Um, Alex Caruso seems to be like, he'll fit into that mold as well. Um, and then, you know, the big market, I think takes place after that. And then I think the wing market moves on. I think that's kind of the cycle we're we're, we're going to be seeing here um so you know for uh, for the auto porters for the other mid-level type guys i mean i I think these bigger dominoes have to fall first and i think i think you know the teams with all the cap new york san antonio in particular those two teams like they're going to and oklahoma city as well like they're going to be sitting i think sifting through the rubble at the end of you know the beginning of of the, the beginning of the madness being that those teams seem right now to be linked as secondary choices to, to other teams. The only person, the only player I've heard in that, you know, top tier, let's say the top couple tiers that has their sights set on New York and wants to play in New York right now is Kelly Oubre. Um, and, you know, outside of that, I think with San Antonio and Dallas and other situations, you know, it, it, it's just too close to call right now. And the, the Kyle Larry, Miami, you know, situation seems
1: to be the one that's moved to the forefront in the league and we'll kind of go from there. When you're looking at obviously the, the, the top level, Portland hasn't been able to attract those guys ever, so that's kind of pushed to the side already. Are there any guys that you're hearing front court, backcourt, otherwise that Portland is at least on the list, the secondary or third considerations when you're talking about wing or or backcourt players? I'm sorry that I really haven't heard much. I uh, listen. The- I need you to say that too because I've heard the <laughs> same thing. It's, it's I mean, that could be that could be good. That could be bad, right? Yeah. I
2: mean, there's a lot of teams that like to do their business clandestinely, and which Neil kind of, does, which Neil likes to do. And you know, maybe they've got some some ducks in a row and chickens lined up, and yeah. they're ready to hatch. All those metaphors, um, but no, I mean, I have not heard that. Even guys like Kelly Olenek and Daniel Tice and you know Larry Markin, I, I haven't heard anybody linked to Portland at all. It's been Detroit and Houston and San Antonio and Dallas and. Mm-hmm stuff like that. So no, I, I haven't heard Portland come up at all outside of the Norm Powell situation, outside of a little bit of Derek Jones stuff that came up today and mm-hmm. everyone waiting for Damian Lillard to potentially come back and, and see this roster and, and wonder what he'll decide to do.
1: And that's kind of, I think we'll kind of steer towards the, the big piece here, non Damian Lillard wise is CJ McCollum. I, I had heard, you know, discussions were had very topic level topical levels, uh, but nothing ever went anywhere. If the Blazers are going to move off C.G. McCollum, when do you think that happens? For me, I'll I'll give you mine. I think it's a a late free agency period. We're looking like August 10th, August 12th, after everything else has kind of been settled. Are you in that mindset, or do you think it's it's already a non-starter and they'll go into the season with him?
2: I I would agree with that. I think the same timeline with Ben Simmons, and that's not to say they'll be traded for each other, um, but I think, you know, trades can happen – at all times, right? Once the league calendar is flipped, free agency is flying right, right in the moment, and and I think that that recency bias, that you know, that timeliness is something that you know people are going to be, teams are going to be focused on that market pretty quickly here, and once again, once once the dust kind of settles a bit, and you know maybe one team didn't get their guy, or you know someone takes a surprise offer from, you know, a team, you know that wasn't expecting to, um, you know then I think maybe those trade scenarios pop up. I mean, I wrote about that Pascal Siakam, CJ McCollum framework that's been discussed, but I was told it didn't go very far. That's the only real thing I've heard mm-hmm. with CJ. And it was that. And and what I heard was again, that it didn't go very far. So I, I think that might be an indication. Yes. That CJ could, could be there for a bit here, but also I think it's going to take the perfect deal to move him as much as you know, the pressure is now on, of course, to find a better roster to supplement Dame. You know, there's a, there's obviously so much history there. And Neil O'Shea is, is said to really have a soft spot and a fondness for his backcourt pairing. And, you know, Dame, I think, has been loyal to CJ throughout all of this. So you're right. If it's going to happen, I think it would be later on in the summer and more of a surprise, maybe like not a last second type move, but you know what I mean? Something that is kind of unjustly. heading
1: into camp. It wouldn't be out of, out of, or I should say heading into summer league. It wouldn't be obscene to all of a sudden hear about a deal day two, day three of summer league. Would agree. Especially when, you know, front offices convene and guys, everybody's are in Vegas together and, yeah, that's, that's kind of where start our flow and conversations start happening. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to get you out of here on, on this. I, I want you to call a little bit of a shot. Who's the guy who ends up surprising everybody with the amount of money that they get on the high end?
2: Hmm. I mean, I think people will be surprised how much uh, Tim Hardaway gets. I, I do. I think he's someone that's going to have a pretty robust market. And um, it could, it could push close to $20 million, which I don't think a lot of people really would have expected, you know, at a certain point, but he had a hell of a year last year. He's got a lot of teams of interest. So I think that's the one.
1: Who's the guy on the flip side of this, who everybody's thinking is going to sign real quick and maybe is still there day five, day six, day seven, and ends up taking less money.
2: Well, Dennis Schroeder, you know, wanted that 484 number and, or wanted more
1: than that. And Somebody's now- going to get an agent fired. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and and now you know I heard the Knicks were prepared to offer someone a hundred over four a couple of weeks back, but you know, then you know now it sounds like maybe the Knicks will probably be offering more of like a four over a forty over two type deal. I, I don't think Dennis Schroeder is going to come close to that eighty-four million that he turned down, and that's going to be a big loss, obviously.
1: Oh, all right, that's mildly depressing for for that camp. Even more depressing for for Blazers fans. I wanted to have you come on here and. Basically, share a lot of the same things. You're obviously more plugged in than I am, but it's the Blazers operate in silence. But it's been Red October silence. You know, it, I haven't it's been really, really quiet about
2: Portland. I would agree.
1: So it was one of those things where, like, all right, let's get a little bit of primer as we head into this. So thank you for hopping on, man. I truly appreciate you. Go ahead and plug your book and 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 anything you got going at Bleacher Report.
2: Yeah, I wish I had more for you, but there's definitely more. <laughs> Report, there's definitely more in the book. Built to Lose: How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the league Forever. I talked to over 300 people for it. There's some Portland stuff. There's some bit about the process to drafting CJ that's in there. Um, and I have some quotes from Damon CJ about, about tanking that you know people might be interested in. And that's really about it. I mean, I've got some, a ton of new details and stories and transactional rumors in the book that you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, uh, please buy a copy. I'd greatly appreciate it.
1: All right, thank you, man, for hopping on. I appreciate you guys for this free agency primer here on the inaugural weekend for the Jack Ramsey's Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, guys. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Remember, it's a new podcast, brand-new feed. Sprague and I will have you covered each and every day throughout the season. Make sure you subscribe to the feed, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Bye. (laughs)